Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. This time, Pardes is bringing Pesach to you. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is Michael Hatton in Alon Shvut, Israel, and we are continuing with our studies of the beginning of Sefer Shmot, the book of Exodus. Last time, we discussed the onset of the oppression as Pharaoh imposed slavery upon the people of Israel. We saw how those individual Israelites began the process of coalescing into a nation and how that nation was brutalized by a servitude very severe. This time, we will continue with the account of the midwives, women who have the courage to stand up to Pharaoh's evil decrees. Chapter 1, verse number 15 relates, The king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, Asher shem ha'achat shifra b'shem ha'shenit pu'ah, one of whom was named Shifra and the other Pu'ah. And he said to them, When you deliver the Hebrew women, look at the birth stool. If it is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. Verse number 17. Vatirena hamiyaladot et ha'elohim v'lo asu ka'asher diber alehen melech mitzrayim v'techayena et ha'yiladim. The midwives, fearing God, did not do as the king of Egypt had told them. They let the boys live. There are many interesting facts to notice in this brief series of verses. Number one, we note that the midwives have names which are mentioned explicitly in the text, Shifra and Pu'ah. They stand in glaring context to Pharaoh himself, who will remain anonymous throughout the narrative. The word Pharaoh is simply a title. It means in ancient Egyptian, the great house, but we will never actually discover Pharaoh's personal name. It seems as if the Torah wants to eternalize the midwives, allowing us to remember them as individuals with unique identities and with names that will live for eternity. Pharaoh, in contrast, try as he might to preserve his name with proud monuments, with massive expressions of his greatness, will never achieve the immortality of the midwives because his name is not preserved. At the same time, we note something else. Even as the beginning of the story reminded us of the origins of the people of Israel, the children of Yaakov, the arrival in Egypt, the settling down in the land, And even as we saw the new Pharaoh rise and the oppression begin and the slavery become more severe, 
God's name among all the others, Ve'ele Shemot B'nei Israel, had not been mentioned even a single time. It is not until the midwives fearing God, Vatirena Hamiyadot et Elohim, that God is reintroduced to the story. The implication is clear. In a moment of oppression and injustice, God is eclipsed. It takes the brave and courageous choice of individuals willing to do what is right and to do what is just in order to restore God to the story. The bleak landscape of the beginning of Sefer Shemot, full of brutality and tragedy and sadness, will not be transformed until brave human beings such as the midwives are prepared to restore God to the account, Vatirena Hamiyadot et Elohim, such that the trajectory of the story can be transformed. Nechama Leibowitz very perceptively notices that Yirat Elohim, the fear or the reverence of God, is a unique phrase that does not occur with great frequency in the Torah. There are four moments where this phrase occurs. The first is a reference from Genesis chapter 20, Bereshit Perik Kaf, Avraham and Sarah, after the destruction of Sodom, relocate to Gerar, Avimelech the Philistine king seizes Sarah in order to claim her as his own wife, in spite of the fact that Avraham had introduced her as his sister. When God intervenes, and Avimelech is chastised, Avraham will explain his behavior. Ki amarti, I said, rak ein yirat Elohim bamakom hazeh. There is no fear of God in this place, and I feared that I would be killed if I introduced myself as Sarah's husband, v'haraguni aldavar ishti. The second case, Bereshit chapter 42. Yosef the viceroy, disguised from his brothers, imprisons them when they come down to Egypt, releasing them on the third day, he exclaims, Eta Elohim Aniare, I revere or fear God, and therefore I release you from prison. The third expression is our own section, the midwives who revere God and oppose the Pharaoh. And the fourth time, Devarim chapter 25, Deuteronomy 25, when the infamy of Amalek, who attacked the people of Israel unprovoked, is recalled, they are described as Velo Yare Elohim, they did not fear God. Nechama Leibowitz explains that Yirat Elohim is a universal concept. In all of these moments, we are not dealing necessarily with Israelites versus Israelites, but with Israelites versus non-Israelites, number one. And number two, there is a power dynamic which is implied. Avimelech is much stronger than Avraham. 
Yosef is much stronger than his brothers. Amalek is stronger than the people of Israel. The midwives are stronger than the innocent children. If not for Yirat Elohim, explains Nechama Leibowitz, which is that ability of the human being to do what is right, even when faced with a weaker or powerless or vulnerable opponent, if not for Yirat Elohim, then injustice and evil is perpetrated. As she explains it, the moral medal of an individual is not tested when they have to make a moral choice vis-a-vis their superior or their equal, but rather when they have to behave morally vis-a-vis one who is weaker or more, more vulnerable than they are. So therefore, the midwives are able to oppose the might of the Pharaoh in spite of the fact that he is extremely powerful because they possessed the precious trait of Yirat Elohim, of reverence for God, and that ultimately is what gives them the strength to do what is right. When Pharaoh questions the midwives, they explain their conduct as if to say, we attempted to fulfill your command, but the Israelite women gave birth before we were able to. And God dealt well with the midwives in verse number 20. The people multiplied and increased greatly. God has finally been restored to the narrative to do what is good and what is right, to ultimately free his people from bondage. And it will be because of these brave women that the path and the trajectory of the story will be transformed for the good. Next time we will follow this as Moshe is born and then preserved from harm. Thank you. Thank you to our Pardes faculty and a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning and visit www.pardes.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardes.